Hello, welcome to the SP Singh show, the talk show about digital transformation where we invite special guests, people who are genuinely interested in a radical change. And today I have with me Jill Jensen. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, SP. I'm very excited to be here. Great. Tell us about yourself. I was am a geophysicist. Um before now. Um, so that was my background. Uh, I did that for about 17 years. And then following an MBA, I took my first role as a strategy advisor working for a big corporation. And uh, when I had that role, I was the most annoying person in the room because I loved my job so much. I'd come to work almost skipping. Uh, I just found it fascinating. Uh, it, it felt like me. It felt like uh, it used all of my natural skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a couple of years in that role, I moved on to a couple of like a few other roles that were in um, culture change, implementing a global culture change program and leadership program, and then moved on to um, business. I was a business manager as well. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, I actually resigned from that very safe job that I loved mm-hmm. um, to pursue my business, uh, which is why I'm here. So my business is called Heart Strategy and I offer consulting and facilitation and professional development services for uh, organisations of all sizes. Great, great. I want to congratulate yourself, Jill. Uh, you have uh, made a big decision really. And uh, it takes, I think, years or sometimes life to hear to your calling and say, okay, this is something I want to pursue. Uh, Sort of having your own business is not easy. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of risk. And uh, yeah, you feel like, okay, where do I start? Who would be my first customer? how I'm going to figure out. So I think it's, it's a big step. So congratulations and uh, yeah, all, all the best. And speaking to you, I think you've got a, a, a lot of value to add. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the growth of yourself and, and your business. So Thank all the you. best with that. Thank you. Let's, so strategy is the topic which is very close to your heart and we are going to, and your business is called Heart Strategy. So we're going to uncover all things strategy and uh, to give you a bit of context so in in the podcast this this specific theme is digital transformation and the intention is digital transformation is not just software implementation or or technology implementation it is a change in the mindset it is a multidisciplinary avenue and where there are multiple initiatives, there is a change in culture, there is a change in behaviors. Obviously, there is technology and other elements. And one of the, the key elements which we speak but do not know what exactly it means is a digital strategy and strategy in general. So people have all these, uh, we say, oh, okay, we have a strategy session. Yeah, we have this digital strategy. That means we've got a roadmap. So strategy means different things to different people and uh, i would love to understand from your side when we say strategy in simple words what do you mean by strategy 
That is a very good question, and I agree. I think strategy gets a bit of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, strategy is the purposeful orientation towards some desired state. That's mm-hmm. in its most simplest form. Mm-hmm. But it's probably worthwhile recognising that the word strategy came from the Greek word strategis or strategos, mm-hmm. um, which meant leader of the military. Mm-hmm. So its origins are in warfare mm-hmm. um, and around planning and tactics and competition. And so it's no surprise that a lot of that is left over in what we think about as strategy today. Mm-hmm. And uh, in business, when we say strategy, and uh, it can be business strategy, it can be digital strategy, it can be uh, growth strategy, yeah? it, it, it can have different elements to it. So if I want to say I have a business, I've got 200 employees, I want, I need some help in strategy. So for uh, customers who are quite broad, how do you, how do you generally help say, okay, how do you generally probe to see how you can help them in strategy? It always starts with a conversation about what is the outcome of, uh, that you want to get out of strategy. Mm. You know, where are you in the organization? Is mm. this a transformative strategy that we're looking at? Is mm. this a, are we just checking in on the existing strategy to make changes? Mm. Um, or are we just looking at incremental improvement? Or to your point earlier, if it's a di- new digital strategy, um, yeah, if there's something new coming in, what, what's that going to look like? So I guess I would ask them. I have a, I actually have a pre, like, designed a list of questions that I always ask all my clients. Um, but mm. the first question is around um, outcome. Okay. This is very good. And th- that enforces what you just mentioned. So I don't remember the exact words, but it is a plan with a goal in end. I don't remember the exact words. but so And that's what exactly you do. So when someone says, okay, I need your help in strategy, you say, what do you want? Yeah, What is the outcome you are after? Yes. Is it an incremental change or a transformative change or whatever that is? And based upon that, so... Okay, so you start with end in mind. Yes, and if I can elaborate a little bit more on that very simple definition of strategy, it's really around uh, helping organisations create value over time. Mm-hmm. So having a really clear understanding of an organisation's business model and how they already create value and then digging deeper into that to understand what are the key drivers of value for, mm-hmm. for the organisation. That's kind of the starting point um, before we even think about strategy. Um, but a lot of strategy is, as, as I said to you, it's, it's kind of born out of you know, war times. Mm. It has a very deterministic Newtonian kind of approach to the way that uh, it's often done in organisations. Mm-hmm. And I think we've moved on from that. I think what the world needs and certainly what businesses needs is to take a little bit more of a holistic approach to the way that they develop strategy. So rather it just being a plan on a page or, as I like to say, you know, um, <laughs> 
we have an obsession with PowerPoint, right? Yes. And a lot of my clients, the, they won't say it, but they actually, the outcome that they actually want is the one page, one slide summary of strategy that they, that they can show their executives okay. and then tick off a KPI. Yes. But strategy is much more about the thinking yes. and the acting as opposed to the actual strategy. Yes. So when I say taking a more holistic approach, we need to look at uh, a lot of the, um, you know, the underlying factors, the, the current state, understand what's the current state at the moment, mm. get really clear on where you want to go and mm. then what are all the uh, environmental factors and insights you can get from the existing organisation that's going to help you develop a strategy that is robust Mm. flexible, adaptable, mm. and stands the test of time. Mm. But what you've just mentioned, Jill, it is, I know you're saying we, we need to think differently from the, the the ancient way of thinking about strategy, which the origins are in, in military. But I think the, the strategy as it stands now, it is not much different from it what it used to be. Because what what you just mentioned is like look we first thing is what outcome we are after so we know the end so the end goal maybe we want to crush the enemy or win the war and then you said okay we need to know the environment so which is in line with military as well okay environment which we are operating in and then the resources uh, and then planning steps to towards that outcome so I think. The strategy, as by definition, the, the, it is still embedded within its roots, but we need to have a holistic view of it. One thing that, that I acknowledge as, as, as well is strategy is more thing. It, it, we operate in a way which is a tick in a box where we say we have a strategy session and we have got this one beautiful slide that, that tells everything and we're done. <laughs> Uh, but if we think again, going back to the, I, I really like the example because it's it's very real. So okay, I, if I'm commanding uh, a, a battle and I say okay, our strategy is going to be this, it's not going to be this tomorrow because tomorrow things will change based upon my new learning. My strategy is going to be different. So strategy needs to be agile and changing with the changing conditions as well so when we put a powerpoint slide say this is our strategy it may be a strategy yesterday things have changed today so it needs to be revised we need to live the strategy because things are changing what do you what are your thoughts on that yes exactly um yeah this comes back to the strategic thinking and the, the acting being far more important than the strategy itself mm -hmm. so one of the outcomes I believe of strategy, strategy should be uh, clarity for all people in the organisation, but particularly the leadership around decision making and risk taking. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be some kind of guidelines around how to how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. um, what else? My mind's gone blank. No, and just just adding to this the same sort of thinking process. When we say 
human element and things needs to be different so i think i would like to get your yeah thinking yes. on okay strategy we understand by definition what it is uh what are the standard pitfalls because it's not a, it shouldn't be a tick, tick in a box but again there's much more to it so how we should think about strategy in the new world so t- tell us for human element yes yes i yes i'm very passionate about this so i think um the way we've approached business and strategy in the past has been in isolation mm. um but i think the new way is recognizing that businesses are human endeavors mm. and we are part of a complex ecosystem mm. whether we like it or not mm. the nature of reality is is that the way that humans we have relational um um conversations with the people that we work with with our stakeholders mm. uh through all of the activities we do whether it's through clients or customers uh whether it's resources that we are using um and understanding the the origins of those resources so i think the new way of looking at strategy is recognizing that we are all very intricately connected mm. and that we need to use that understanding to um to approach strategy approach strategy so mm. one example is one of the conditions i believe of um transformation is leaders understanding their humanness mm. and not just leaders everybody in an organization and, and by that mm. i mean understanding that we are human beings that are driven by programs that are designed to just keep us safe and reproduce. Mm. So we have a bunch of through all of our experiences we have a bunch of uh beliefs that are both subconscious, unconscious and conscious mm. that drives our actions and behaviors. Mm. So you know, research shows that 95% of our behaviors and actions are subconscious. Mm. We think that we're just in charge of these bodies and that we're making very rational decisions, but mm. we know otherwise. Mm. And so when we think about strategy and future thinking, mm. we really need to understand what those limitations are of being human mm. and have the humility mm. and presence to be able to um move through those bring consciousness to some of the beliefs that might be holding us back. So I'll give you an example in a mm. strategy workshop. One of the first things that we do is have a conversation around assumptions and beliefs. Okay. So when I'm in a room full of, you know, let's say there's 12 individuals, 12 leaders and we're about to embark on a strategy like a direction where we're going to go. Yes. But what sits in the background is all everyone's collective unconscious beliefs. Yes. And that frames the sandbox in which that they can play. Yes. So unless you bring visibility to that, mm. then you don't really know where you're going. Okay. So often the conversations that come up will be um you know, people might assume that they're based on their experiences of working with that organization for the last 5 years that access to uh funding for a particular project has never happened, so it won't happen in the past, so they they'll subconsciously just not even go there. Okay. You know, they won't they won't even have a conversation. So mm. in strategy if we if we're thinking about uh mapping a path to the future and being open-minded about what 
possibilities lay in that future, it's really important to understand what that frame box is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one example of of understanding why uh, why understanding what it means to be human mm. in the context of a developing strategy. And you, you mentioned that okay, we have got all these preconceived, we are conditioned to think certain way, we are conditioned, we have all these beliefs which can be different. And yeah, I think that's, that's quite understandable. So what tools do you use? How you help a group of 12 sort of executives uh, to make it obvious that how the individual beliefs, thinking, values are different and how these differences are shaping up the conversation or the direction which we want to choose going forward. Is there any tools or how is any way that you, you make it obvious during these sort of workshops? Yeah. So for the assumptions conversation, that's literally a conversation. Okay. Often it's just write down three things that you probably are thinking in the back of your mind, but you've actually not verbalised. Okay. And that can be both positive and negative things. Okay. What's not being said here? Okay. Um, one of the – another example. So I, I firmly believe in setting the conditions mm. for a strategy conversation. That's very, very important. So there's mm. a lot of work that can be done prior to uh, a workshop with an organisation to set those mm. conditions. Mm. Um and one of them is making sure that everyone has input into the actual development of the workshop mm. so that uh, people feel like connected and mm. bought into what's actually going to be done. There's nothing mm. worse than rocking up to a workshop that you don't want to be at. Yes. Um, so having conversations and interviews with participants is something that I always try and mm. encourage my clients to do. Actually in the room... In order to create optimal conditions for future thinking, mm. there's there's things that we can do. So there's some wonderful research in uh, that's been done by HeartMath mm-hmm. that has looked at um, the impact of emotions and heart rate variability on our ability to uh, be creative mm. and think with clarity. Mm-hmm. So, for example... If you combine a positive emotion like gratitude with a clear intention, mm-hmm. uh, you are much more likely to have the the brain manu- mm-hmm. malleability mm-hmm. to um, to be thinking creatively and to create new brain synapses. Okay. So that's one example. So that's something that I do as an exercise. Mm. First and foremost is we have a conversation around personal purpose and mm. connecting personal purpose to business purpose. Okay. So thinking introspectively about what lights your fire, yes. what puts you in flow. We all have had these experiences in, bus- in at work where yes. we do things that where we lose track of time. Yes. Everybody, I've never been in a workshop where somebody has not participated in this exercise and there have been a felt sense of change, a shift of energy in the room. Mm. So that's one tool that I use to actually help get people in the right state first to be able to be thinking about strategy. Mm. That's very interesting. And again, 
I'm going to bring back to our the first example you give if I'm a commanding officer for for a battalion and say okay look this is a strategy guys we so I am the one who is deciding being a leader and say this is where we are marching and uh, I'm expecting my team battalion they're going to say yes sir we are going marching ahead and uh, that's what we expect in in a in a military sort of situation but what i'm hearing from you what is different and so far the the knowingly or unknowingly organizations may be using a similar sort of uh, arrangement or a similar structure where a leader will say okay this is we want to grow our company by say 10% we want to have these new revenue streams and this is the way we're going to go and everyone may say yes all good very very good yeah and the leader is driving it and everyone is just saying yes and that is our strategy and someone documents in a one slide and we're done but what 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 i'm hearing the way your approach is different is you are connecting with individual leaders independently offline even before the workshop to get them prepped for the workshop so at a personal level they are connected before we talk business so we can have a collective intelligence yeah and they are the ones who are thinking okay i am contributing positively based upon my values and beliefs at a personal level into the business and then we have got much more productive sort of discussion at the strategy level yeah yeah and i mean we often talk about purpose from a cultural perspective mm-hmm. it's often the afterthought that happens after the strategy you know mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of research around um you know the need for employees to feel engaged and have a sense of purpose and to be recognized mm. um but this method brings it right into the beginning stages yes yeah so what what happens after it i mean it in today's business environment agility things change very very quickly and uh, like uh, agile is a big thing in in digital transformation on software world everyone wants to be agile but that's uh, another <laughs> discussion but things are changing we need to be more adaptive to it so in strategy world obviously we don't what we the last thing we want to do is which most of the times we do we put a slide and say this is our strategy <laughs> we want to live the strategy so what what are your thoughts on what are the what should we do so we form the strategy we sort of monitor review follow the strategy update the strategy based upon the changing business environment so what are your thoughts on on living the strategy theme yes so before let's go back to the implementation and monitoring because i think that's a separate conversation but um you you mentioned uh that you know there's a phrase that i hear all the time and it makes me cringe for example um to be honest it's mm. the you know something about the ever changing ever evolving complex business environment you mm. know that's always it's a phrase that i always hear in strategy mm. and i just roll my eyes because i actually feel like it's always been like that it's mm-hmm. just that we have so much visibility to it now mm-hmm. and now that we have the visibility we you know we get into this panicked kind of like oh my gosh well, how are we going to do this like there's mm-hmm. no point even doing strategy because the world's going to be different tomorrow mm-hmm. Um but I do think there are th- techniques and things that you can do to develop that um 
adaptability and strategic foresight. So scenario planning is one example that I um, recommend clients do if they're looking to develop that capability. And I always try and incorporate some form of scenario planning into um, into my workshops because it's very, very powerful. Mm. It uses the concept of prospective hindsight. Okay. And we know from research that our brains uh, operate differently when we are look when we look from um, there's a bias called I forget what it's called it's a hindsight bias basically mm-hmm. um, and so in scenario planning what we're doing is we're actually using the power of visualization and creativity and storytelling mm-hmm. and prospective hindsight so we go to an end state we use our imagination to go to Uh, based on some uncertainties that are going to be key factors in driving the business. Mm. So let's say, I'll give you an example, let's say it's geopolitical, changes to geopolitical um, situation in Mm. Southeast Asia and another one could be the rate at which um, generative AI um, Mm. changes. Mm. So there's slow versions and fast versions of both. Mm. Um, And we, so it creates four scenarios and we push the... um, we create a time frame and we push the possibility of reality as far as our brains can actually comprehend, that mm. we can convince ourselves that that could be an end state. Mm. Um, and then through storytelling, we basically work our way backwards. And what what that does, mm. first of all, uh, it puts us in a, uh, a, a state of play because mm-hmm. it is a playful exercise when mm. you're telling stories and, mm. you know, making up crazy stories about mm. how, you you know, this particular event could happen Mm. Um, and you're also and actually on that Mm. play play is another condition for strategy thinking Mm -hmm. i just read today that it takes 400 repetitions to grow a new a new synapse or new synapses in the brain Mm. under usual conditions and 20 repetitions if it's in the conditions of play so any kind of creative exercise where you're trying to Mm. Not even creative. It could be just playing a musical instrument. If you're mm. if you're if you're doing it in a playful, fun way, then mm. it takes a lot less time. Yes. So back to scenario planning. Um, we what so what we do in the process is we create what's called future memories. So back to the human being, the human perspective. When we think about the future, it mm. activates the same part of our brain mm. as our memories. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the future, we're always propagating linearly from the past. It's very, very difficult to think um, of all possibilities in the future because we're always just going to reference the, the past. And then we've also got a bias on things that just happened yesterday, right? So mm. in every single strategy risk thing that's happening today, mm. all I'm hearing is, oh, pandemic, mm. right? Because that mm. just happened. Yeah, yeah, That never came up like in any conversation <laughs> for the last yes. 50 years in strategy and suddenly yes. it's on everyone's radar because it, it just happened. Yes. So it creates future memories and what that does is it makes leaders more attuned to mm. signposts that um, that would indicate that we might be going down a particular um, scenario, right? Mm. So a made-up scenario. Mm. But in the process of doing scenario planning, what the team does is, it, is they come up with all these um, proactive steps that they would do to generate value in mm. each scenario, not just mitigate risk, mm. but how do you actually thrive in okay. every scenario? Okay. And so what that does, it, because you then have collective memories mm. of 
um, of what the future may hold and and you've already planned collectively what you're going to do, suddenly you are a much more agile, proactive leadership team oh. in facing an uncertain business, complex, okay. ever-changing, ever-evolving business yeah. world. Yes. Yes. So that it's a very very powerful tool that I recommend clients use because, um, and especially like I said, with the way that things are changing with uh, in the digital space and with AI, yes. um, that it's a perfect landscape to be able to use that tool effectively. Yes, and we can use uh, AI for scenario planning. They so tell us all the scenarios that may, and I think it's. Yeah, I I always I think we 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 get scared about all these new stuff coming in, but yeah, so I think we should use them uh, to say, tell me all these scenarios in uh, geopolitical, human resource, technology, and it will give us give the yeah the way we want, so, and then we do scenario planning. I think yeah, these are all these tools we must use. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, and to answer your other question around, um, you know, implementation and monitoring, that it that often gets forgotten about. Yes. Because because strategies often sits on someone's KPI as yes. an activity to do. Yes. And by its very nature, it's yes. very planning oriented based yes. on its history. I mean. Yes. People have the workshop, create yes. a PowerPoint presentation, file it away and tick the box and say strategy's done for a year. Yes. Um, actually, I, I must share a funny story. I once um, inherited a strategy on a PowerPoint strategy and it was 256 slides. Oh, my God. Yeah. Death by PowerPoint. And this is the point I was about to make is if you are not thinking about, say you get to the end of a strategy session and you get, great clarity around where you're going, yes. where, where you are now, where you're going and, you know, what are the, the opportunities and threats and what are the moves that you can make, what's your yes. risk appetite. If you're not thinking about what new ways of being, new ways of thinking and doing and acting as a collective, yes. if it's a leadership team, what new ways do they need to show up to support the implementation of that strategy? Yes. So it could be culturally, it could be through leadership, what they say, um, how they communicate, um, thinking, acting, doing. It could be just the conversations that they have in, you know, at the coffee sh- um, station. Yes. But without creating a sense of momentum yes. following uh, a, a strategy workshop, yes. it's con- it's just a tick-the-box exercise. Yes, yes. And that's where you can really hook up with, um, you know, change managers or engage, te- like if they have a team embedded. Mm. Um, but otherwise we work with the, the leaders to talk about how they're going to actually embed that. Another one is through rituals and routines. Mm-hmm. So how do you actually... Um, make time for strategy because yes. most organisations are just buried in operational matters. Yes. Um, so yeah, how do how do we make sure that we crack that open every quarter, for example, and we come back to the strategy a year later and we, and we use the same language. Yes. And the same format, so it's recognisable because that happens as well. You mm-hmm. do your PowerPoint strategy. Yes. Throw it out. New leader comes in, wants something that looks different. Yes. And suddenly you lose that. Um, you lose that collective in the collective knowledge. Absolutely, and this is I don't know this this is quite fascinating, Jill. Uh, 
okay few things that are coming to my mind firstly senior executives they have two roles to play or two worlds to live in the first world is operational world there is day to day matters firefighting S- approval decision making risk management yeah all the standard stuff the second world is the strategy world where they should be thinking ahead and making uh, all these decisions to end and pivots and whatever else and uh, what happens is in real world in 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 my experience like 95% of the time is all spent on operational matters and there is hardly time and effort left for strategy and hence strategies no wonder uh, uh exercise and a tick in a box and then it collects dust for rest of the year similarly and this is a little bit of off topic but same things happen for the development plans within hr so if i'm an employee uh, at a, a close to the financial year or some point in a year i'll be i'll receiving i'll be receiving a email from a manager oh look sp there's a time for our development so fill that form and i will fill another form and that that's done it's tick in a box the development for employees happening every single day and that's how i think we we should think and similarly strategy is we are living and it should be, we should must be on top of it but the problem appears to be the executive team focus and attention is on operational matters and these are the inefficiencies within operational matters that yeah that uh, yeah they cannot think ahead or look into the strategy side of things so yeah i think we all see that but uh, that's the the world we are sort of living in what 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 is your experience in in this sort of matter I think coming back to being human we all have a productivity bias. Mm-hmm. We like we have we get a dopamine release when we tick a box when we actually do something that generates immediate value. Mm. So things like strategy don't get seen to because like you said there's operational matters that do need to be seen to and there's that don't there's a satisfaction in actually addressing them yes. and a need. Right? Yes. Let's don't get me wrong. Um so I think strategy implementation good strategy implementation requires some discipline around uh and humility again in the mm. leaders mm. um to create time on the schedule and a uh, a routine or a means or a system to be able to bring strategic matters to regular uh meetings it should be just an agenda item Mm. And when they have the agenda item and they have the conversation they should be pulling up the same strategy that they developed at the start of the year or as part of the planning cycle whatever that looks like so again that they're using they're creating some familiarity around the language mm. and the KPIs and the mm. the goals and objectives that they had set for themselves mm. um or whether it's reviewing the um the current threats or you know critical business risks that are threatening the organization mm. assessing whether their risk appetite statement is still still effective and current mm. um yeah so cr- actually making time to have those conversations but mm. again we come up against another human bias and mm. that is that often uh people who are more experienced mm. think that that is all they need to be able to be 
a strategic leader. Mm. But as I was saying before, all of our subconscious beliefs mm. and assumptions are grounded in experience. Mm. So that's why we continue to see in business things that come from left field and um, you know businesses that are unprepared to pivot or I can't stand that word mm. <laughs> mm. to shift direction um, or whatever it is that they need to do. They're they're not ready for it because they haven't practiced. They haven't had the conversations. It, I liken it to um, sports, you mm. know, elite sports. Mm. And the visualization and practice that goes into becoming an elite, elite athlete, mm. the same can be applied for business. Mm. Having time to practice thinking about the future in a creative mm. manner is invaluable. But mm. if you think about, if you come back to productivity, mm. it's like where's the productivity? Yeah. You're like making up stories and thinking yeah. about things that don't exist, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can, I can see the value and at the same time the risk that people may perceive okay all these stories and scenarios while some stuff is waiting okay now that and i feel jill we technology and software can help in strategy implementation as well i haven't seen much software being utilized but i just speaking to you i'm thinking it out loud as well. Here is our strategy, out of strategy. Th- these are the risks which go into the enterprise ri- enterprise risk management. These are the tasks for individual people who will be, yeah. There are the projects that are coming out of it. And uh, out of the tasks, there are new KPIs and then KPIs are embedded within organization. So I think, and then we are, we are having all these task management, risk management, and all these outcomes, minutes being documented in a central repository database software, and that can assist in strategy implementation. It's just living that strategy. Have you used a software, or do you? What are your thoughts on using a software to really implement stuff as we go? I have seen it done in one case for um, like a departmental strategy that sort of, uh, so, you know, we've got the business strategy and and any strategies that then get developed subsequently to that will need to tie into the business strategy, like the overall direction of an organisation. And so this was a departmental strategy and they had a, I can't recall what software was being used, Mm -hmm. but they had a, a brilliant sophisticated way to um, tie everybody's own um, performance and goals to the overall department um, yes. strategy that was then linked to the business. Yes. And it went to the level of detail around making sure that activities were tied to known key value drivers. Okay. So... Being very cl- so that helps prioritize work, right? Because this yes. is the other thing. If strategy is not helping prioritize uh, people's jobs, then mm. there's a problem. Yes, it, it should be doing that. So if you've got a software or system that helps you understand what act- whether your act- what activity is or how it's actually creating value, yes, then that would be brilliant. Because again, back to the productivity bias, we tend to do things that we like to tick off. Yes, yeah. yes. 
And it also means that, um, you know, often these longer-term projects, uh, it's hard to do long-term projects, isn't it? Mm. And so software could potentially, particularly when, when you've got people changing out, you know, people move around in roles all the time, so you yes. lose that consistency. So if you had a central database that... Um, yeah, contained all that and was the source of updates. Yes. And that would streamline it for sure. Yes, yes. I know that there are software that deals with the governance, strategy and reporting. I think they're called ERC from memory, but but I think they, they are value. I haven't come across many, but uh, I think they can be value add or living a strategy. Good. So changing gears a little bit, Let's come to the digital world and uh, I'll give you a hypothetical sort of example that's typically we see from day to day. And uh, let me know your thoughts. I'm, I'm not, if, if you think, okay, no, that's not my field. That's, that's good enough oh, as well. <laughs> so the scenario is really we have got, say, 10 different initiatives in a digital space and uh, all of these need an investment of some sort. Few are short term, other are long term, and they are going to benefit the organization in different ways. Each of the initiative have different risk profile. And our job is to say, develop a bit of roadmap, say strategy to say, okay, which one we should pick, which, which one we should run in parallel. Uh, what are your thoughts on developing a I'm using this word sort of little loosely, it's a digital strategy, but all it is is a plan of attack to implement these digital initiatives in a logical form. Have you come across many or what are your thoughts on prioritizing these digital initiatives? I have come across this. I think Often this is a desired output at the team level or the department level is clear, a clear plan on what you're going to do, right? Mm. That's what essentially what it is and over time so mm-hmm. that you know where what's being funded. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties back to key value drivers, how you define um, value creation. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can be more than just the... Uh, it's more than just the finances, right? It, it, back to the strategy perspectives, you know, you might have a strategy session and what comes up is an, a realisation that one of your key long-term threats could be the ability to attract and retain specific capabilities, specific talent. Mm-hmm. And so you might have a long-term strategic plan to put in place... Uh, a bunch of measures mm-hmm. that help with employee engagement, that help with um, there might be some kind of um, salary package review that might be part of that. Mm. Um, and so these are, these things are, can, can be quite hard to define from a pure financial perspective, but again, back to this holistic perspective on business. Mm. Um, if you don't have talent in five years' time, your business is not going to be functioning very well. Mm. So you can make strategic decisions to prioritise that. Mm. And so I don't know that 
I mean, we love data, right? Yes. But I think we're a bit addicted to data. Mm. And I think what it's okay just to have a conversation about these topics in a room when mm. you're actually dedicating time to strategy. Mm. It's important to understand what your key drivers are, what drives value in your business, mm. but then have a conversation about what's required to implement mm. or when. Very interesting. So I have Chris Cooper, uh, one of my guests on the podcast and uh, Chris is a expert in finance and strategy so he looks strategy from finance perspective really and he was talking about numbers and how one project can fund another project and i think it's not either or or i think it is and where we we should be looking that financial dependencies among the projects it, not just data as you said we should be looking at the 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 human element things which are more of a gut feel and open discussion and say yeah this based upon this this is what makes sense even the numbers are telling us this and that's where i think the holistic approach comes in so for the people who are doing this prioritization or responsible to take a decision on the priority of the project implementation and they should be looking into numbers as well as yeah people talking to people and say what are the group discussion out of this and then make the more informed decisions mm. yeah and often those insights come out of um come out of scenario planning so you know a recent workshop that i held we we did an exercise like that and what came out for them as a massive aha moment was we they discovered that uh, I think they were looking at big shifts in markets, big market shifts that would then impact supply chain, talent, access mm. to talent and all sorts of things. And so and then they're looking at the, what what would be the knock-on effects in both of those scenarios. I was just looking at two. Mm. And and one of the knock-on effects was that there would be restructuring in the oh, this is a big organization restructuring in the organization changes to access to finance um, but mainly like they were concerned about the changes to the people in leadership with a restructure mm. so what they their big aha moment was that the premise of the design of the strategy had to be so that mm. it wasn't linked just to people's positions Mm -hmm. It had to be something that was actually owned by, this was a service function that was a bit like digital. Mm. It had to be owned by the assets or the customers who are actually using the information. So that really shifted the way that they were thinking about how they were going to design the strategy. Mm. Now that that is vital. And uh, about human perception, so again, changing gears again, based upon our previous discussion, mentioned about limits of human perception and uh, how they impact the the perception of reality tell us a bit more on the human perception and the nature of reality topic in general mm-hmm. are you sure <laughs> <laughs> so we won't close before we cover uh, that so yeah uh, tell okay. tell me a bit more <laughs> maybe i'll try and tie it into the future of st- well, future of strategy as well so that I kind of stay on topic um essentially what I'm fascinated by 
is that the world that we perceive through yeah. our senses is not any like any sense of objective reality. Mm-hmm. It's different to objective reality. Mm-hmm. And there's a phrase that you might have heard that we're trapped in the limits of our own perception. Mm. And like I said earlier, um, what we do perceive is is what has been termed the fitness function. So we only see what we need to see to survive and reproduce. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good um, analogy of this that I just heard recently. Mm-hmm. And that is of the, if you think about a desk desktop icon on your computer, in the top left corner you might have a folder. It says mm-hmm. folder. Yes. And inside the folder you might have some documents, mm. right? That folder that you're seeing on the computer is not actually the colour and the shape and the actual folder, right? Mm. It doesn't contain... You don't reach into it and open it and out for some documents from on paper. Yes. What you're actually seeing is a representation of very complex circuitry programming and wiring in your computer that's representative of what you need to see, which is where you're going to go locate your document. Yes. The same goes for human beings. Mm. This is how we perceive reality. Mm-hmm. Another simple example is, you know, just our the way we perceive sound, for example. We only hear 20 to 20,000 hertz through our human ears, but yes. sound is much more expanded. Like animals can hear, elephants can hear down to one hertz and yes. lots of animals can hear very, very high hertz. Yes. And so we're in this information field. We, yes. we exist in an information field. Nothing is as it seems. Mm. Things that we feel as objects are uh, not as they are. They're actually mm. it's the electromagnetic force that we feel when we f- when we f- press down on a desk. Mm. So what does that mean for back to back to business? It's it's acknowledging that our if if we are only seeing reality through the fitness function, it creates a whole realm of possibility for what can what can happen in the future. So everything that we lay our eyes on is like a collapsing of the wave function, you mm-hmm. know? Um so yeah, so every so there's so much possibility in there. And it's also recognizing from a strategy perspective. I love I love playing with ideas around quantum philosophy as it applies to strategy. So, for example, uh, when we think, I mean, we know we've got encephalograms and things and things that measure out the electric current on our heart. Mm. When we think and feel, we emanate a, a, a field of information around us. Mm. And whilst we don't have the most spectacular tools at the moment to mm. re- detect it, they're coming, they're, we're starting to see it now. Mm-hmm. The, when we interact with each other, there is an exchange of information that we're not necessarily perceptive of, but mm. is going on. Mm. A, an, a simple example is when you walk into a room that's got low energy. Mm. You can sense it, right? Yes. People are just flat. Yes. It's a combination of body language and what people say and do as well through yes. our five senses, but there's also a felt sense of everyone's flat. Yes. So back to strategy and creating the future. I get really excited about conversations around the future because if we can understand that business is not separate from from the ecosystem of the entire planet, mm. from a human perspective, from an ecological perspective, it's 
then and we can understand that we can tap into this unlimited possibility if mm. we can understand the truth behind reality, mm. then suddenly things that conversations that we have during a strategic discussion, for example, around stakeholder engagement mm. or influencing our stakeholders takes on a whole new meaning mm. because how we think and feel about our stakeholders actually impacts the reality, mm. the future reality of what happens. Mm. And it, it ties back in as well to the, um, the creating conditions for future thinking mm. around those generative emotions and intention. Mm. We know that if you've got a collection of people who have who share, have a shared intention, which mm. is kind of what strategy is, right? Mm. You're coming together to plan the future. Mm. Then that suddenly becomes a very potent, sacred mm. moment in time mm. that we're coming together. Even though we're in business, mm. we're talking about we're talking the language of business. We're actually creating the future together, mm. and so that makes me really excited. If we can remember who we are as human beings and how we exist on this planet as a as an interconnected web of mm. humans with the planet with mm. the sun, with all of the factors in this information field that we're swimming in. Mm. It's a very interesting perspective and way to think, Jill. And uh, I congratulate you to have that uh, level of thinking because we, most of us talk at a more superficial sort of level, yeah? But this is quite deep and uh, there's a lot of substance in it. So... And it makes sense as well. Not a, a level of sense which I can explain or 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 elaborate, but I can relate to it. And quickly to give you an example, when I am sitting with a set of uh, sort of set of stakeholders, we are developing and thinking okay, this is a problem, and then we're saying okay, what are the solutions are. When the people are in the room, they are well connected. They have a genuine intent to collaborate. We see a like a light bulb after light bulb glowing and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And and if on the other hand, there's a room of people who are not engaged and uh, following a leader, it is just whatever the leader says, and we just go with the flow and uh, not a right outcome. So I think that that human element, human connection and perception of reality and there can be what reality means to me is, is different to you. Having that understanding and awareness adds a lot of value because when I say let's go there, I'm just this is my reality. It can be different to yours and we cannot plan the the most efficient way to going forward unless I don't hear from you and get your perspective before planning. So it's more of a collaborative sort of way for strategy. So great. I think it's 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 different and not many people talk about it. So congratulations. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's um, these concepts have been on my mind for uh, a number of years. I spend a lot of time researching this space. Um, some people call it the intersection of science and spirituality. Mm. You know, the more we understand about science, uh, a lot of what we know from the ancient kind of belief systems and also indigenous knowledge, mm -hmm. it all matches up. Yes. Um, and so 
yeah, understanding that uh, we cannot possibly perceive the true reality of of our existence. Yes. If we did, we'd explode. Yes. <laughs> um, that's maybe all we need to know because then that creates uh, humility. It creates compassion for others in terms of understanding that they have a different perception and different lived experience, different beliefs, different assumptions. Yes. Um, and that actually, if we can tap into uh, that, you know, we talked about purpose. If we can talk, tap into our purpose and passion and bring that into business, then the power of co-creating the future is immense. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I like. I use a phrase, "playing on the edge of possibility." That's what we do in scenario planning. It's like, how can you take yourself to the edge and play there? Yes. Uh, and in doing in doing so, naturally bring in a new future that wanted to emerge in in the first place. Yes. So yeah, it's deep, um, but that those thoughts and philosophy underpins uh, a lot of the way that I approach strategic thinking Great. and offer in my services. No, I, I really appreciate it and uh, the way it is different and someone needs to have a courage and guts to stand and say, <laughs> this is what I believe in, this is what I offer because most of us, they are following what has been said and uh, written before and say, okay, I also do that. So thinking it different, I think not many people do. And I again congratulate you to thinking differently and believing in your research, your thinking and really helping businesses do it really. So all the best, Jill. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. And for the listeners out there, Jill, what, what's the best way they can connect with you? Is it your LinkedIn your or any other? Yeah, probably LinkedIn. You'll find me there pretty easily. Okay. Yep. So Jill Jensen, G-E-N-S-E-N, That's Jill correct. Jensen. Yep. And uh, yeah, please connect with Jill for more and i think uh, jill has a lot of value to offer in strategy in business and uh, she's a wonderful human being as well with that we close i hope you enjoy our episode digital transformation so leaders Stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, in the next episode, I don't know, I'll be inviting some other special guest with a unique perspective and uh, talking how we can transform businesses from digital perspective. Until then, have a good one and uh, we'll be there with you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye now.